0: Thank you. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited today to have another therapist on. Um, you guys might have seen her popping up in the anti-MLM spaces as um, is it what is it, anti-MLM therapy? Therapy after MLM, therapy yeah, after MLM. Therapy
1: underscore after underscore MLM.
0: Yes, Michelle Ayers. She uh, was in Beach Body for quite some time, and I'm just so excited to hear your whole story. Welcome, Michelle.
1: Thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming. Before we actually hopped on here live, I was just telling Danielle how I have been waiting to get on a podcast and I started consuming this podcast and another well-known one um, and was binge listening to the episodes as I was walking in the evenings and like really like on the fence ready to jump over to the other side. So I'm so grateful to be here. It's been a long time coming and I'm in such a good space to be talking today.
0: Um, and that's so funny that you say that because I'm pretty sure there are episodes in the beginning of my podcast where I'm like, this, ep- this podcast isn't for people that are still in their MLMs. And I've had so many people say, oh no, I did listen to it when I was still in. I was trying to get out. I was like, really? I never thought that this was like going to be meant for those people. Um. Like it just was never my original intent and it's just turned into like such this, such a beautiful tool to help people see what's going on and wake up essentially.
1: I love this conversation already. I'm already like, I get really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't need coffee, but I drink it anyhow. Um, And it's funny because that's kind of my, my place I've been talking to a lot of people on my Instagram is they're in it and they're like either just got out or they're like oh my god I hate this and I'm like I get it like I started consuming anti-MLM content like heavily a couple months before I got out and so that it, it gave me the guts to get out and I love that there's a whole crew of people like probably countless people out there that are consuming this kind of stuff and they're like I don't know if I should pull the plug and it's when you start asking questions it's literally searching anti-MLM hashtag on Instagram that got me into the whole thing and then I searched anti-MLM podcast. I don't even know how I found you um probably because you were the guest on the other podcast that I love.
0: Yeah 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 um it it's so interesting how people end up finding stuff And it's really interesting to me that you searched for anti-MLM while you were still in. Can we talk a little bit about that? You betcha. Um, What got you to even like start searching?
1: um, Well, I was in Beachbody for six years and I'm talking like not six years where I was kind of in, like I was full steam ahead for six years and I was, I did well. So my it was my in my summer like last summer because I just pulled the plug weeks ago on this it was last summer and I remember sitting in my living room with my three kids like I'm a busy mom man my kids are young um and sitting there in my living room on the in the middle of a beautiful hot summer day um and I was sitting there working on my laptop as they were all watching tv and I was like I just got so frustrated. I slammed my laptop shut. My husband came into the room and I was like, I fucking hate this. That was the beginning for me. And then from there, it took me a year to finally quit. And how I found it is because over that year, I consider it like an unshackling over a year. I was shedding it over a year because I couldn't just pull the plug on something I'd built for that long and was all in on for that long. And so that's, it was part of like, kind of my final bit and I watched Lula Rich and I was like ah that's how I found you I watched Lula Rich I found Roberta and then I found you because you were a guest on Roberta's podcast and I just I needed I was at a point where I was like I felt isolated I felt I needed therapy even though that's my background. I was like, I need, here. I need to connect with people who get it. And it was just the noise in my ears and the processing I needed. And I binged a few episodes and it allowed me to process through all of it. So that's how it came.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That like, I remember being there too. Like I remember uh, Roberta's podcast was the first thing that I had listened to anti in the anti MLM space. And I'm so glad it was because it was so compassion-based and so just welcoming to the space. And it made me really hopeful that everything was going to be okay because my only experience with anti-MLM while I was still in was just people telling me I was stupid.
1: The haters, the haters, if you're anti-MLM, all those people who call you a hater and it's like, no, I am not a hater because I was it for six years deep and now I see the other side so I'm actually educated and informed and I get it and the compassion is so important because you and I were just talking about that how on Instagram there's so many people that are anti-MLM but they go after specific ones or they attack certain as we call Hun, and rip them apart and I'm like whoa yeah it's heavy and and I I do not do that and I will not do that and I will not name drop and as much as I follow those people and sometimes I'm like oh I see the content and it's like heart wrenching some of it um I won't do that on mine. I, yeah. I, I get the need for compassion because people think as soon as they're in an anti-MLM anti space, I think, I think there's a stigma with anti-MLM that we're haters, that we're mean, that will shame people. And that is not what I'm about. Cause that is yeah. not what somebody needs when they're coming out. Cause MLM is like trauma. It's trauma. And I really have started to look into that. I'm like, it is traumatic.
0: It really is. And it's, different than other trauma. But what I wanted to say uh before I get onto that was just that um I wanted to speak to being a hater and uh I think it I really think it was Megan Williams that said this to me and uh, another fellow therapist. I and know who she is. yes she's so great. Um I feel like I shout out Megan Williams a lot lately. I really Ooh, like she's her. She's got a book. I'm gonna buy it. Yes it's so good. Everyone buy Megan's workbook um cutting ties after mlm uh anyways so she was saying yeah i am a hater i hate that there's a system out there designed to manipulate people i hate that people think that this is a way that they can make money when it's really a way that they're losing money i hate that people are treating each other this way like those are the things i hate about this system and i really liked it
1: (laughs) i you know
0: what that's true right like I that's that's the thing is there's no
1: specific hate, no specific individual it's the system it's the cult it's a commercial cult right um, any MLM is the commercial cult and you don't realize it and that's the cult tactic oh my good Lord they are strong and I've been talking to people that are highly credentialed like I talked to a pediatrician who was in beat body and we had a lot I'm like oh my god okay I'm educated I joined an MLM but holy crap a pediatrician you're a specialist doctor and you were in with this stuff so it can get anybody
0: it really it's not can. just
1: it's not just single moms it's not military wives it's not just the people who typically join like it it's everybody
0: right yeah and I think that that's something like there's a lot of stigma around being in an MLM Mm -hmm. and especially once you're getting out you realize like like we kind of almost create a stigma Mm -hmm. because we're like everyone must think that we're stupid like we all like kind of have this dialogue right of like I'm not worthy like I did something wrong like oh my gosh I was a bad person like all of that starts to come up or oh my gosh you know, when you first started and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to do that because I don't know what people are thinking of me or like, I don't want to be annoying. And it's like, oh my God, I was, that was me. (laughs) All of the reasons why I was hesitant to join are exactly what happened. And it just feels so yucky.
1: There's a real shame. There's a real shame, I think. And actually the funny thing is, is I don't feel embarrassed. I, I, there's so many people like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, you know, I, I just, I'm not even, at that place I don't think I will be I just I'm, I'm super I'm a super authentic person and the reason I'm not embarrassed is because I thought that made sense when I was in it so how can I be embarrassed like that felt authentic at the time I was in so deep that I thought that was the authentic me so how can I be embarrassed I was manipulated
0: right exactly I was
1: brainwashed. how can I be embarrassed to that I, I the cult actually got me
0: Right, exactly. And that's a really good point because actually I was um, just interviewed for Megan's podcast, The Authenticity Experience uh, Experiment. And um, I was actually talking about how I felt like I first started to find my authentic self while I was in an MLM because Mm. it was the first time that I ever was like doing this thing. And I felt like it was like all me all the time. Like I had control, I had power, all of those things that you think you have, but you actually don't. So it was, it's so interesting to think about because in some ways it like undo, undoes, un, yeah, I don't know. It undoes, no, that's not right. I can't say it the right <laughs> way. <laughs> it's undoing the work that I did uh, in my earlier years when I thought that I was being an authentic self, whatever. But in other ways, it's um, empowering me to realize that I am even more my authentic self now because I'm out and I'm still. The strong woman that I made myself when I started MLM.
1: Oh yeah. But now you see both sides. So you're stronger. I like yeah. stronger. Because I, I kind of think of it like an analogy. Like when you're in an MLM, it's like you're in a room and the light switch is turned off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're in the dark, but you don't know you're in the dark.
0: Right. Because your eyes are and all are just- of
1: a sudden somebody switches on the light and you're like, oh, there's another way.
0: Yeah and your eyes hurt at first when you turn on the light because you're not oh yeah
1: you don't want to see the light because mm-hmm. you're like that that can't be true that I, I no this is this one isn't scheme. No, the people who got in early aren't the ones who were rich no oh don't get me started on all that
0: yes <laughs> all right I think that we need a pivot how did you get into your MLM what got you there
1: Okay. So, um, what happened is I, I'm an educated woman like yourself and I've done a lot in my life. Like I've traveled, I've been to 26 countries. Like I've done a lot. I worked in a, in, I can't say corporate America cause I'm Canadian corporate Canada. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it, but I worked in a large franchise business and I had like climbed up in that and broke records and I'm a record breaker. I'm a performer. Right. And so we can get into kind of the mental health side of that, how it's really kind of detrimental sometimes. Um, And so I was at a point in my life where I was working at the community college, I was an academic advisor, I was working as a counselor, I was just finishing up my master's degree and so I took leave. In Canada we get a really beautiful maternity leave and you get lots of benefits which is great. Um, But the other thing about me being an achiever is it's hard to slow down and so you know the mental health side of that it's hard to slow down and you know, for a while, you're completely consumed with newborns. I had three babies within four years. So it was like, boom, 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 boom. Right. So, um, what happened after I had my second baby is I was like, okay, I'm feeling empty. I'm feeling like I want to do something. I'm feeling like, and so what happened was I was connected with my old friend on social media and I just had known her for at that point, like 15, 16 years. and loved, loved her. I have no feelings towards my upline I love her like she has a place in my heart and that's a rare thing to be able to say I know there's so much hate towards uplines but my upline is a beautiful person
0: um is your upline still in right now
1: he is oh yeah Yeah. he is yeah and it's okay like I'm okay with it I don't have any negative feelings because I know um What she's doing is she's just serving people. She's not really building her team anymore. And she's serving people who need her and reach out. So it's kind of like, I'm just like, yeah, that's cool. It's fine. I don't really have any weirdness about it. But when I joined her, she was in a really different place. Like she was building heavily and she was like a really high up coach and was like really had reached a rank she was in the top 200 and so what I joined was very different than what it became so the experience really changed and so when I joined her she was at the height of her beach body experience like big earner and I I was like, okay, because we had worked together and I had actually outperformed her in our corporate role. So I obviously saw what she was doing as she had little kids too, and she was climbing and I always loved her. And I, I still, I still think she's wonderful. And so I watched her and I was like, well, geez, if she can do that, and I outperformed her in my corporate role, I can do that too. And so, you know, it didn't take much talking with her and I'm a real researcher. And I was like, well, geez, if she's doing it, then Obviously I can do it, Like, what questions do I really have? And all the, and I, I did my research. I was like, well, if other people have failed at MLM and she's doing it, well, no, it's gotta be okay. And so then I joined and I hit the ground running and like, I was a performer. Like I hit the targets every month. I grew my team. I walked the stages summit. Um, So yeah, that, that was how it was for six years and we were tight and I did everything. Like I hustled girl. (laughs)
0: Wow, that's, so what was that like, like walking the stage and like doing all that stuff? I mean, we just had Summit happen. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, quite another super spreader, I think, oh, yes. happening right now. We're <laughs> seeing all of these um, people come back home and post about how they have COVID and it's really uh-huh. sad. Um, I'm also seeing like uh, bond event just happened and they're all coming home and having COVID. And getting their kids sick and I'm like this is just so sad oh, yeah. but anyways that's a little bit of a tangent but tell me tell us about your experience at summit okay so in my six
1: years as a coach I went to three summits um I never went the last two years obviously because of covid and I was fine with it anyway. It's like, I'm sick of spending money and traveling and being away from our family. So um, that's another story. But anyway, so what was summit like for me? Um, my final summit was when I really thought I was the cat's pajamas. I really did because you had to rank up to a certain level to get in with the top people in the top room you had to be two star and above and like achieve all these things and I did because I was like there's no way I'm going to summit there's no way I'm taking time out for my family and money and all of that stuff and not being in that top room so I did what it took and I swear to god I sold my soul to the devil to get there I really did some of the ugly stuff I did but um, that's probably another story but how it felt when I was there is I honestly thought I had arrived, so to speak. I really did. Nobody can see my air quotes. Um, I thought I had because I was like, okay, I'm walking the stage. I'm being recognized. And I had my phone in my hand and I recorded. And actually, I put that on my my Instagram. I created a reel <laughs> um, of what my footage I took because I crossed the stage. and Now there was a stadium of 20,000 people. And I got to be part of the line of people that crossed the stage and took the CEO's hands. I thought I had arrived. I was like, well, this is the beginning of when i my business is going to explode. And I was on such a high, it almost felt like in mental health terms, almost like mania. Really? If I think about it, it's almost like mania. Like you go to this thing and you're so full of yourself and you're so high and you're so overconfident and you're, you you do not sleep. You're, it's being extremely caffeinated and you don't sleep and you talk to a million people and you think you've arrived and now it's like okay ready and you get so full of yourself and you post this kind of stuff like who's ready to join my team you're going to get a direct message from me like it's, it's arrogance really right and so that's what that experience was like and then I came home from that and I hit a low I was like holy crap I'm burnt out because what it took to get in that place, to be in that top room, to walk that stage, I crashed. So it was like the bottom. It was like a bipolar cycle, right?
0: It's like a forced, it's a forced mania and a forced like depression almost after like, yeah. or like a triggered depression after because I remember that too. Like, I think that's very comparable. I think that um, a lot of people that go to the conventions, whatever they're called, summit convention empower whatever um whatever you want to call it uh there's so much energy in these rooms I would even argue to say that even if you're somebody that doesn't really like feed off of other people's energy typically I think that it would change in this environment because you walk in and like it's like a sensory overload all of the colors and the lights and the music, and everyone's happy and crying. Everyone's crying. Why is everyone crying?
1: I cried too. I cried too. And then I wore my friggin medal around my neck like I just won the Olympics.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's so contagious and the energy is up, up, up. And you're right. You're not sleeping. A lot of people are flying in across the country. So their sleep schedules are changing. So that starts with the steep sleep deprivation, but then also, you know, you have your own uh, team who is potentially organizing events on the side. Oh yeah. All that, all that. Yeah. And, we have all that stuff and
1: it was like the same thing. And then we're all meeting for morning workout. I'm on the, I'm on the West coast. And so for me, everything was East coast time. Well, so this 6 a.m. like street workout was 3 a.m. for me, at least for me, I was smart enough to know, um, I'm a super introverted person, I do get some energy from people, but I have that awareness and so I booked my own room because I knew I needed decompression time. But what you say about overstimulation is a huge one for me because I get really overstimulated. I get overstimulated in groups of people. I get overstimulated when a TV is on and people are talking like at the same, like an overstimulation of like, I call it noise pollution. I have to leave the room um, and I have to decompress because I get like that. And so summit for me, is like three, four days of overstimulation and it exhausts me. And then you come home and your brain is so hyped up from everything that's put in there. It's just hype. It's nothing like not much training. It's just hype. Um, Yeah. And then you feel like you're supposed to apply it all, but you're exhausted.
0: But also you're like, I need to apply all of this. And then you're sitting there going, apply what?
1: yeah and your head is swinging because you're just like okay remember what this person said and so I had this policy when I went there my last year don't pick a single note because really? what it, what you need to remember you'll remember and what a waste like it cost me two grand to go to that thing for the ticket the flight everything hotel eating out and I was frugal about it
0: yeah yeah it's so expensive oh. like I, I spent so much I have no idea how I spent so much money and I I talk about this all the time on here, but like I, I, can't bring myself to go back and look at my bank records because I'm like I can't. I'm just. <laughs> I
1: was actually profitable being in for six years with my earnings and stuff, and my husband's a financial professional; he's in that world for like 20 years. So it's um, you know, we always knew I was always profitable, and I was always super careful about that, but. It, That's not why I left. It has nothing to do with whether or not I was profitable. I just couldn't be part of something where the majority of people who join lose.
0: Right. Um, I was done
1: with that. And and I I have actually, I had a message on my Instagram and it was a coach who's in deep and she's been in for 12 years. And again, I don't shame. I don't say anything unkind. Um, and just saying how hard it was to watch me be completely the opposite after six years. And I had to explain to her that it was a process. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't one event. It was a series of things. And it was me going, I'm going to open this other area of my brain now and accept that there could be something other than this MLM thing. And she had a hard time seeing that I wasn't into it anymore. And I make fun of myself and I parody all my own all my own, own content because it's fun it's therapeutic for me to do that um I forget where I was going go ahead
0: <laughs> yeah no it, I I totally agree I think that there's really something there um and because you're like so hyped up I really want to kind of talk about that transition from like being in this like super over stimulating rah-rah environment to going home mm. and I remember being like, kind of agitated when I went home. Do you did you remember that? Because also like nobody else had that rah rah anymore. And everyone, I mean, I live in New England. So everyone's a little grumpy. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes, especially if they don't have coffee yet. They're, they're all Duncaners. Um, But you know, so I come home and everyone's like, all right, they're normal. And I'm like, Why isn't anyone excited anymore? (laughs) Because
1: we're not at the cult convention. That's why. Right. Um, And I remember always after Summit, like results were always, and they always did it right around a program launch. Like the program would launch like the Monday after. And so you would go home and you would like, I was a big, I was a big point earner too. Like I got the points. I always got the customers. That was never an issue for me. So, yeah, I remember feeling agitated, but actually, Danielle, I had this moment. This is my my final summit where things got really pumped up and um, going home. And I had the day planner and my husband really noticed my energy. He's pretty in tune with me. Um, And, you know, he's been with me through, you know, me going through some mental health stuff. And so he came and he looked at my planner And he looked at the words that I wrote off the, on the page, the week after summit, the couple weeks, the month after, and on my planner, (laughs) I'm not going to swear it. So you don't have to mark this episode with a little E I said, just effing survive. That was what I wrote on my planner. And he was like, Whoa, Michelle. I was like, yeah, that's how I feel. I just hustled for like three months to get in the place to go to summit and I'm now exhausted and I'm now burnt out and this is three years before I quit so this is three years in where I still had mega goals and I'd been to another thing that year that was put on by Beachbody that was called the NLC the new leaders conference and so I'd rank advanced a couple times that year and rank advanced and I was in it and I wrote that on my planner, and it was so hard for me to even understand what was going on. Like I'm aware of emotional roller coasters you go through with things. I have that awareness. Um, and so what I did at that point, I just shudder <laughs> at this. There is a, I'm not gonna name names. I know we talked about that. I'm not gonna name names. We it's a it's a guru within Beach Body, it's a male um and people join him you can message me after and I'll tell you his name in a private message and he runs a lot of stuff for people to rank advance he runs like a coach academy anybody who's listening in Beachbody you're you're laughing you know who I'm talking about um and I got in, I was already on his email list because I listened to his podcast. It's intense and I have a really intense energy too. Like I'm an intense goal getter and I love the swearing and I get into that, right? it's so, so to my own detriment to my mental health, right? So unbalanced. And so I got this email because I was on his email list. No, that's not who it is, Danielle. Um, and I got this email because I was on his email list and it said, in the in the subject line elite guaranteed and that is what I wanted I wanted elite because I had just gone two star diamond and I wanted to go five star and I wanted to have the team and that was always my goal and so I signed up for his course and paid four thousand dollars and I saw it as a business investment I had the money it was fine um was it worth it I don't know, I don't think so. <laughs> it i it, no, because what I did was I put my child, my youngest, who was a year and a half, oh, my third child, I put him in extra daycare, so I spent money on that. um I hired a cleaner, so I didn't have to do that, so I started outsourcing things, and so it was really more than the four thousand dollar cost, right? And I didn't hit elite. I hit premier, which I was dang proud of at the time
0: is that above or below So
1: premiere is um below elite but it's like the the next step down um if we were live if people could see the video I could show you my little things we're gonna go in the garbage later but first I have to do a reel to make fun of my little my little crystal plaques I got (laughs) (laughs) all the stuff I have I'm like I can make great reels now um so I did that and oh god it it just it just twisted my mind, you know, and it made it harder to let go. I don't know what your original question was, but that was kind of my segue from there.
0: <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> what it was either. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I mean, it's just those coaching programs. I mean, uh, the episode that I actually just dropped today, it was uh, Julie Anderson's episode. And she talks about her like experience through all of these coaching programs and it it was just so intense so I definitely if anyone is jumping around I definitely encourage you to go back to listen to that because these coaching programs are just as bad if not worse than the MLM companies themselves
1: it was basically the same thing we're taught within Beachbody it's called the business activity tracker Mm -hmm. so you can hit the monthly quotas called success club and it was basically that just 10 X. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, woo, let's turn up the volume. So I'm like, okay, I can respond to that. I can work harder. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. And then you're on this sheet and you're tracked. And if you don't put your numbers in, you're out of the group. And so it was like, well, I can respond to that. You can be militant. With me. I'm hard. As, I'm a hard ass. I'm good with that. And so then I carried that down to my own downline and my, my uplines team. And I kind of partnered on something and just was like, let's get harsh with people. Yeah, it was, it was,
0: yeah. How, how often would you say you were working? Like what was like the hours that you were working?
1: Um, on average, probably 20 hours a week. I'd say on average, there were times when I would do a lot more than that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a real smart worker though. Like when I work, I get results. I, I, I wasn't the kind of person who would spend, I never even had an IG account really to build my business. I did everything on Facebook. Um, so, you know, I had a private group where I just built value and stuff with 10,000 people in it. I had a a like page on Facebook with 10,000 likes. I had 5,000 friends. So I had more than enough. I was good. I never even had an IG account. I didn't spend any time creating reels. I didn't do any of that. I was really good at finding people and keeping them. I had people like continue with me the whole time I was there. People I had a really loyal beautiful customer base, really, like I had great customers. And I served them well, and resold to them a lot. And I'm not I don't feel cringy about that. Because I served them well. And I did a really good accountability group. And I was really good at messages. What killed me in MLM, if you really want to get the nitty gritty of it, what killed me is I could never shut it off. Because I'm a high performer. And I pride myself on customer service. Like I served my people, man, like I would go to the grave with that. And so that's what really killed me. What really made me go, I can never shut this off. I
0: want to spend time with my family. I'm sick of messages. Go away. Yeah. I think that's something that is really, really hard, especially uh, the more and more technology just seeps into our lives, the harder it is to shut off. And then when you're in these commercial cults where you're told that you need to create urgency, what's actually happening is they're creating urgency within you. So that way you feel like, oh my God, they messaged me back. I need to respond. Oh my God, they're doing this. I need to respond. I need to hurry up. I need to hurry up. I need to hurry up. While well, you're supposed to be like creating ur- urgency for the customer base, but uh you're the customer. So they're creating urgency in you. And,
1: and your numbers reset every month.
0: Oh, that is uh, one of the things that just drives me absolutely crazy because you... Or I'm sorry I shouldn't say that word that just makes me so upset because it's just I I don't even know it's so frustrating to work so hard work so hard work so hard and then to see it go back down to nothing and And then have to do it again
1: and so how I always did it is I front loaded it in my first week of the month, I'd be like, okay, we're getting success club in the bag. There's no way I'm missing this. Because in my six years, I was with Beachbody. I hit success club 70 months. Like that's like, not common. Like I, I was like, I am, there's no way I'm missing this stuff. And I had a, my last five years, I hit it every month. Like I never missed for 60 months. Like only in my first year did I miss a couple of times. Like I'm, I'm playing, man. Like I'm not, not hitting goals. Like I have a super high attainment like super high. Like there's a goal. I, nobody needs to pressure me. I got it all in there myself and it resets every month. So, you know, you have this huge record breaking month and the next month you wake up it's at zero. So your first day of the month, you're like, let's go, let's go. So if you plan a family holiday at the beginning of the month, you, if you're like me, where you like to front load it and hit your goals, you come back and you're like, Holy crap. It's the middle of the month. I better hustle as soon as I come home. So the whole time you're on a holiday you're thinking about how well i can't miss my goals i have 6 years in a row like the record right so the deeper you get the harder it is it doesn't
0: get easier as longer you're in it it's worse yeah yeah it really does and it it's just so like you know they build you up they build you up they build you up they knock you down they build you up they build you up they build you up they knock you down and then like you have to like try to keep hitting the same rank over and over again and um.
1: It's just so hard. It is hard. Rank advancing in MLM is seriously, like, I I used to work 80 hours in my corporate role, like 80 hours a week, and hit huge numbers, like huge numbers. I was in my early 20s, and I broke records, like, that was hard stuff. I kid you not, my time in MLM was harder. Stuff to accomplish in MLM is harder than my time when I was in the corporate world. And I busted my butt. I recruited. I used to recruit. I used to train. Like I did so much. I trained in sales for goodness sake. I'm certified in selling. And I found MLM sales and recruiting harder than my corporate role where I worked 80 hours a week. It was mentally came I told you I worked 20 hours a week. My mind was probably on it for 168 hours a week. No, the hours in a week. I dreamt about it. I thought about it in the shower.
0: Yeah. It doesn't turn off. It doesn't turn off at all because they want you to take, like, they want you to merge your regular life with your work life. Like, oh. The whole concept of work-life balance is completely thrown out the door when you join an MLM. And those habits are extremely hard to break once you leave. And I know that firsthand because I work all the time and I am constantly having to remind myself to slow down.
1: This is a real process and it's actually interesting you say that because anybody who's an MLM and wants to leave, um, I would suggest a slow unshackling like I did. So it was not quick. My, my deliberate actions started six months before I let go and I slowly did it. So I realized after a year, when there was, I was five years in and I had a year left, something was off. I could never quite pinpoint it until about, I had six months left. And then I was like, okay, I need to start changing how I do this. So I stopped posting every day. I deleted a bunch of connections on my, on my Facebook. I I went from 5,000 friends to 500. Like I was like, I can't do this anymore. I don't know you. I don't want you in my life. I stopped posting stories over time. I stopped doing anything like that. And I slowly did it. I slowly unshackled myself. And then it was like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Now I can do this. It was a slow process of shedding and letting go because it was a lot of building, 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 building. And as I, pulling the plug, that I couldn't have done that. It would be weird. Like I had, to, I had to let my customers know in a way and kind of pass it off to my upline. And it was it was a way that was like, oh, okay, I mentally I can do this. Because pulling the plug after six years, oh my God, that'd be weird.
0: Yeah, it, I think especially for people who are actually making money, like, you know, once you get mm-hmm. up to, yeah, once you get up to that, like top 3%, it's um, a little bit of a different situation than it is for somebody at the bottom. But no matter what, I think, you know, just taking the time and backing off, take two weeks off, take two weeks off, do a profit and loss statement, like that two weeks away it gives you some time away from the cult members. Um, or your team members if you're still in uh, to just kind of reset and just kind of see like how many of my values actually align with what they're saying and okay so the words match but the actions don't match like so say they're saying like oh yeah like I'm doing this so I can spend time with my family and I can rest and I can go to the beach and I can do all these things all of those words line up with what I want, but the actions behind oh, them oh, are not. So that actually, I, that's
1: a beautiful thing you just said, because what I realized is a thing called cognitive dissonance. You're like, yeah, I yeah. see. you nodding. Cognitive <laughs> dissonance. This is the thing this is psych- psychology speak, but let's put it in just regular terms. Because I the terminology sometimes is like, what? Even cognitive dissonance to me doesn't really hit home. It's when your actions and your values are not aligned. So it's like, imagine you're standing with your foot in two boats, but they're going different ways. <laughs> and you're like, ah! So it's like when your values and your actions are not the same. And so that's a real issue in MLM where you're like, I don't want to be icky and cringy and post the stuff, but I need to do it to grow my business. I don't want to treat people like a sales quota, but I need to because I need customers. I don't want to recruit because I believe everybody who joins will fail, which they friggin' do. 99% quit, lose money, fail back off. Trust me, I get the recruiting. And so you're like, but I have to to grow this business. And then it gets to a point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. It's so strong, my feelings inside of knowing this is wrong. And then trying to continue with the actions. There's only so long I can force myself to do that before I feel physical pain in my body.
0: I really liked what you said about describing cognitive dissonance as your feet into boats. Like that totally clicked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or even, actually, I would even change it just a little bit to one foot on a boat and one foot on the dock. And the dock is the solid Like your values, values, the ones that actually align with you and the ones that are real and true. And then the boat is the MLM. Oh (laughs) my
1: God. Yes. The boat is the MLM telling you all this stuff that you know in your gut is wrong, but you do it anyway.
0: And you know what? The boat is nice at first, right? That's so nice. You get to go through, you see the sunset, but eventually the only thing you have is fish and salt water. And you unfortunately can't really survive forever on fish and saltwater.
1: Good analogy. Yeah. So that feeling is what I felt that day when I slammed my laptop closed and I said, I effing hate this to my husband. And I felt like I could not quit. I was like, I can't. I had 1,277 customers, Danielle. Wow yeah a lot a lot a lot because beachbody has this program and i'll tell you about something that's really really terrible they have this program where you hit success club and you're an emerald coach which means you and then there's one under you on each leg and you hit success club which is their minimum sales quota every month um which isn't that hard to hit honestly once you're in it for a while it just becomes like so easy, right like for me it was easy. there wasn't a challenge in it anymore because I had such a big customer base um they assign leads to you. So when people join Team Beachbody on their website and just don't go via a coach, they just get, because Beachbody market, right? They, They get leads. Beachbody gets leads. They assign them to their coaches who do these minimum targets, right? And so I was always getting leads for Beachbody and those people eventually buy things and then you get the commission from them for doing nothing, right? Except being a performing coach, which I don't that bad of a system really for somebody like myself who actually reached out to those people and was like hey join my group like I'll help you message me anytime I was available I served people well I'm proud of that what they did the month before I quit is they pulled that really and they made it so you had to be a lifetime diamond coach that previous month so I won't even get into all this. it's complicated but you had to achieve a target which was much harder you had to have an active beach body um, a bod group which Coaches don't love those things. Um, and there was some other stuff that was just like, oh, and now the leads, when they joined Team Beach Body, they had to opt in to having a coach. Which oh. nobody's gonna do that. Right. Nobody's gonna do that. I don't need a coach. I don't want someone bugging me trying to sell me stuff.
0: Yeah, I know. Because a lot of that now people...
1: that lead program is basically like nobody's gonna get those leads. And that was a source of income for me.
0: I think that they part of the reason they probably did that because i know a lot of people um like i the beach body workout system it like when it comes down to it that's one of the more affordable
1: uh, like the 99
0: dollars like that's one of the more affordable mlm products out there it's it's it is it is affordable it's affordable Um, definitely i i have a lot of Married to my husband, I have a lot of issues with the current workouts that they have. But Uh affordable, easy access to workouts, whatever. So we'll we'll call it what it is. It it, it's a mediocre worker workout program that's affordable. So Mm -hmm. uh, the old school stuff is way better. Yeah, yeah, that's what you were saying. I, I. I like the new and shiny things. Like, I like it to look nice. and
1: Oh, yeah. Of oh, me. I'm tempted to buy new stuff. I'm like, oh, that program looks so good. I'm like,
0: I ain't
1: giving MLM yeah. any money.
0: Right, exactly. So um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So people will quit because they don't want to be part of the MLM. And then they'll go and sign up through just like Beachbody on demand. And then they get emailed by these coaches. And they're like, damn it. Mm-hmm. I thought I left this
1: yeah so they Beachbody has made that optional so um it's, it's the reason they've done that obviously Danielle is I don't know if you are aware but when they launched their IPO and went public last June um their stock at the peak was at $12 per share and it's now at like $1.30 so they have epically epically tanked and yeah. so open fit just merged with Beachbody on July 11th so like a week ago and so there's two platforms now together um and so BOD has now gone up in price um so there's some changes that have happened but something that obviously Carl the CEO of Beachbody is getting hammered by his board of directors I have a finance husband so I can talk about this stuff a little more fluently he is, um He's trying to retain more money from the company instead of paying it out to coaches because there's founding coaches that had paid millions and do nothing. And so by making it, so you have to achieve bigger things in order to get the perks makes it so the company retains more money. And so the stock value will go up. And so I get it. Like logically, I'm like, of course you're scared. Your stock value is like 10% of what it used to be. Well, so you need to, we need to recover from that.
0: Yeah, well I think that they probably did so well. I mean Beachbody ha- probably had it made during the pandemic out of any of the multi-level oh, yeah. marketing companies, Beachbody oh, yeah. was pro- I would l- I would love to see everyone on a graph. I bet you Beachbody was the most successful because everyone couldn't go to the gym. Let so me tell you what happened during They the lost their job and then uh-huh. they couldn't work out. Uh-huh. So boom boom. Boom, so boom, let boom.
1: me tell you. Let me tell you. Tell straight me. from the horse's mouth. What happened? Yes. Um, yes. I remember people. Go, people, my downline and coaches that I worked with, like, oh my god, this is horrible. I'm like, you don't see the opportunity, are you nuts? Let's go, girls! Like, I was so excited. And so for me, I'm, I, I, honestly have to say, my business went went grew like crazy during that time. And so every month, the coach get these leads as we just talked about and so in a month I would maybe get one a week so if you know four to six leads a month during the pandemic I would get multiple a day
0: wow
1: multiple a day so I was saying to my down on like hit success club do it because the leads are pouring in and so I would get these leads and like Oh my God. So we don't, we, you know, with Beachbody, we didn't get commission on their first order. But the beautiful thing is when you join up, I'm saying this as if I'm still a coach, the beautiful thing for coaches is when a lead joins and then their bot subscription renews, you get renewal commission on that. Right. When it renews in three months or six months or a year, you get commission. So honestly, Danielle, when I quit, I had pages of bought subscriptions. I could have just sat back and collected check, honestly. Yeah. And I was. I was like, I was at a point where I was working my business an hour a week because I couldn't handle it anymore. And I was like, I can't do this ethically. I can't serve people this way. I hate what I'm doing. I hate this. I have no passion for this anymore. And I don't believe in it. This is gross. I couldn't just sit and collect. I don't know how those founding coaches do it. I really don't know how they look themselves in the mirror.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so, that's so interesting. And like, uh, Like, that's, like, what you're describing sounds so great, right? Like, I mean, obviously, once you take out the icky parts that we all know about, but, like, it sounds so nice. Like, okay, so if you hit success club, then you're going to get all these leads. And, like, that's the part that nobody wants to do, right? Nobody wants to go and cold message people. Nobody wants, like, so you're getting somebody that's already shown interest in the product. You don't even have to prospect them yep they are already customers you just have to keep grooming them essentially
1: because <laughs> those leads when you emailed them would never message back they would I would email them I would usually never hear back from them it was just like oh great thanks for signing up I'll collect commission when your body subscription renews great cool thanks next yeah I had so much of that it was it was just sitting there like I was like beauty I would get money just coming in all the time
0: wow that that's true too. I mean, you're right. Cause I mean, bare minimum, they're using the workout subscription. Yeah. Yeah. And... Like
1: at that point I was like, great. I just need each body leads. And so that's kind of what kept me around a little longer. I was like, all this the past club. I'll just do the bare minimum. I'll serve my people. Well, cause that I'm not going to drop you as my customer. I'm not, I'm going to serve you well. And so all I did was just serve my customers, answer a message, run a group where I just kind of had bought the posts and put them there, and I was like, I'll just hit the success club and I'll get leads. My income will just grow from doing a little bit. Which I, I didn't feel bad about that. I was like, you know, I'm not doing anything anymore. I had stopped recruiting. I served people who already purchased, and that was it, right? But it was like, man, this company is just take doing some stuff I don't like anymore. I don't like the new programs. And I cannot recruit. I ethically cannot recruit anymore. I do not believe new coaches can succeed. I really don't.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's really just designed for us to fail, as we say all of the time. Like, how are you supposed to succeed in recruiting people who already know about like so many more people are waking up and realizing that these things are scams. Yeah. And also just like so many people are already in MLMs now too like where's the market for a new coach to really get somebody new unless you're like okay well like you're let me recruit you into doing Beachbody and then I'll buy your soap or something like I don't know like you know you're. yeah yeah
1: you know and so for me that's what I was finding I was really finding that saturation point that was kind of my biggest objection before I joined is kind of saturated, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't listen to that gut instinct and I proved it to myself after six years because, you know, like I said, I had a value-added group with 10,000 people in it. It wasn't a beach body group. It was just my group where I was like sharing mental health tips, sharing recipes. Like I was proud of it. It was a cool little group, well-engaged. And I built it over three years. 10,000 people is not anything to shake a stick at. There's quite a few people in there. And not only that, I had email address. Email address is an email list too. And so it was getting to the point where I would post, you know, somebody wanting a free workout or the sample workouts that they would launch. And pretty much everybody already had a, had tried Body before. I was finding that I just couldn't find people. It was just becoming where, wow, everybody's heard of this, tried this. I was like, wow. Like, so now all I'm going to be doing is trying to bust down barriers to get them to either join me or try to believe that it works. Yeah. Uh-uh. And so I was really feeling that saturation And I was like, okay, so that is why Beach is launching into other countries because we need a more demographic market, because we're tapped.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh so do you want to kind of dive into your like mental health story that sure. coincides sure. with Beach Body? Sure.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So why don't you maybe start me off with a question so you can direct me?
0: <laughs> um, so do you you have like a mental health history that you had before Beachbody started that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very open about it because I posted all about it on my social. I mean, I'm gonna share it on my Instagram eventually too. How I did, I've been so open about it. like it's out there. I have nothing to hide. Um, so mental health is something that runs in my family. Um, so you know, there's depression and anxiety in my family, and it goes far back. So like, it's just it's so there. But you know, I I recognized as a I felt off but I never really knew it and I I'm such a headstrong person that I was just like ah just go just plow forward just bulldoze don't feel your feelings like go just accomplish stuff you'll feel good and I'm a high high achiever and so um my life kind of I lived in Europe for three years with my husband we came back and um I kind of crashed one day for lack of a better term where I literally did crash my car into a cement pole. Like I swiped it. Like it's fine. Everything was fine. The car wasn't in good shape, but everything was fine. And I basically had a meltdown at the job that I had at the time. Um, and had to go to a walk-in clinic that night. I, I literally felt like I was becoming unhinged. Like I was like, I'm just going to snap. Like everything, I became oversensitive to any noise, any voice, any, anything. Like I felt so like I was going to explode. I, I don't know how to even describe the feeling. It was awful. I couldn't tolerate anything, I nothing. I could tolerate nothing. I couldn't even handle somebody talking to me. And so I basically describe it as a nervous breakdown. And my husband took me to a walk-in clinic that night and that, that was in 2011. So I've been on um, antidepressants since then, the same one since then. Um, so I've never taken a break. I've always been on it. So I had to start with a major uh, uh, anti-anxiety medication just because I needed to calm the heck down. <laughs> and it was it was like, it was something strong, but it was like, yahoo, yay. I can lay here and feel good. It was great. I, I think it was called clonazepam. I think it was called that a while ago. It was a strong one anyway. Um, and then I started an anti Depressant, and I was lucky to get on the right one right from right away because as you know as a therapist anxiety and depression are comorbid they often exist together um the strongest for me was anxiety like I I really struggled I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder um there was phobias in there as well that were quite debilitating like I had specific phobia I still can't even talk about it because I don't want to think about it I had a specific phobia to uh specific creature that a lot of people are scared of and I would lay in bed and I would think about it and it would be it would get catastrophic really fast and I would get a racing heart and so it was the doctor that I went to my my general practitioner was a man a man that was just fantastic like fantastic I was so lucky that he listened and my husband came with me and oh he diagnosed me and he was he was just a wonderful man and so that was my experience and so I have been on an anti- um antidepressants since then. And, you know, my dosage has changed over the years. And um, you know, when I had babies, my OBGYN, he like doubled my dosage. And um I've actually tapered myself off it. I'm on such a small amount now. It's pretty much a placebo. So um yeah, so that's kind of my experience. I'm very open about it. It's it's the chemistry in my brain. My my chemistry in my brain is 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 not normal for lack of a better term and so that's why I have needed medication so I don't like the stigma around
0: and I'm like I can't help it this is how my brain is yeah so as you started to become immersed in multi-level marketing culture and beach body culture uh specifically what did you notice I'm assuming you noticed some good things happen because you were exercising regularly but yeah. I'm yeah 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 what else happened on your journey Okay, so let's talk
1: about some of the good things first. So I actually, as a lot of coaches do, um, started with the workouts and then went, oh, there's this whole coaching thing. And so I had gotten great results with the workouts and had a, 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 a two-year-old and a six-month-old at home, which is mental health and lack of better term, Use the stigma around that word. Um, and so, you know, I was feeling good and I lost a lot of weight and I was in wicked shape and... I felt so good and so you know what it did is it created these fantastic habits for me around exercising and still to this day I've worked out six days this week not because I have to because I want to because I love it I have a home gym and I work out and I love it like I love it I go down there and I lift weights and I feel great and it's a habit that has been going for six and a half years. And I'm proud of that. And I think that's one really, really fantastic thing because I'm not all obese body terrible. There's some things about it that are really good exercise habits. You have to be careful though. And take that with a grain of salt because a lot of the eating programs really can trigger disordered eating habits. Um, but again, okay. You want to say something, go right ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Also, I, I just always like to throw in there too, that like, the amount of exercise that they are prescribing in these workouts per week is uh, way more than most people need, um, unless you are like a professional athlete, maybe. But I mean, you need time to have your muscles repair. So please don't work out seven days a week. Like you need to God, Thank in.
1: you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And actually, because I have my personal training cert, I'm aware of that too. And I'm like, okay, so. You know, like I follow more of the older programs now, where they have the rest days and they alternate with body parts you're using and right. it's not high impact because I got injured too. I yes. injured myself too. I really did. I sprained my ankle and then I had shoulder impingement and I had an issue with my knee from high impact. So I'm way more careful about that now. And with my personal trainer search, I love that you put that disclaimer in there. God, Listeners be careful with that.
0: And like these programs, like there's one program that like specifically targets like your butt and stuff too. And like, Uh it's almost all it's almost all lower body, right? 80 day obsession, mm. that's almost all lower body. Like that's mm-hmm. not good for your legs. You need time mm-hmm. to rest. And I like, I just, I like to throw that in there every time because I know that I needed to hear it multiple times. So hopefully every time someone hears it, they're like, okay, Danielle, I listen, I'm listening. I hear you. I'm not going to do it.
1: It's over exercises do actually does more damage than good. It, it stresses out your body.
0: Yeah, and it's not like, there's a way for you to get movement in every day to help your mental health. If that's what you're looking for, go for a walk. Like walks are valid forms of exercise. They are very important. They're very good for you. If you can get outside, that's amazing. You're getting a double whammy of getting like the nature plus the, um, you know, the movement. Like it's all so good for you, but there are so many things that you can do that are not going to like stress out your entire body. It doesn't need to be a two hour walk. It can be a 10 or 15 minute walk.
1: Oh, those walks. Oh yeah. Those walks are like they feed your soul. Nature is so, so good. And it's funny because when I was going through the whole shedding my MLM, I was I had you and I had Roberta's podcast in my ear. Mm -hmm. It was like walking therapy. I was like, this is what I need. And I would be so emotional during those walks listening to some of it oh so yeah you're you're so right about exercising and and you know Beachbody has really lightened up a lot of their programs and they have a lot less like high impact stuff but the programs itself I mean oh god they're so the same as every other program yeah they're not different they're just relaunching the same thing with a different trainer and a couple different moves you know
0: Right, exactly, or they're creating new moves that like are, maybe they're fun or short, like maybe they are targeting some different things, but it just, sometimes you're over-complicating, like with these, oh, com- oh my, Danielle. these constant compound movements, like oh. you're just limiting yourself, right? Because like, if you can deadlift 100 pounds, we'll just say, if you can yeah. deadlift 100 pounds, but then you're trying to press it too. Like, I- I'm sure some people are like deadlifting 100 100- I mean, I, I can deadlift more than a hundred pounds, but like a, a lot of people can't. So like if you're deadlifting a hundred pounds and then you're trying to press a hundred pounds, those are two different muscles that uh-huh. you're trying to work. And it's different weights that you would need.
1: I can squat a lot more than I can curl. So let's not combine those moves with the same weight, thing.
0: Right, exactly. Like it's just, and then they're compa- they're combining so much. Like there are compound moons mm-hmm. that have like three or four different exercises all did put you together. ever do
1: nine week control freak
0: no i left right before that is the most
1: complicated program i have ever tried in my life it was so i'm not even going to get into it because i don't want to give autumn airtime. time <laughs> <laughs> um but it was uh oh god the moves were so complicated i had to take a marker the dry erase marker and write on my wall mirror and like, right, okay, this one, then this one, then this one, then this one. Okay. And then how many steps do I get done? And it's like, God, I just want to turn my brain off and just move.
0: Right. It almost like takes away that fun part of working out. And I'm sure sometimes it's nice to have something a little bit more complicated to like challenge your brain. Go yeah. to a dance class.
1: Read a book if you want to. Yeah. Your I'm not working out to challenge my brain. I'm working out to challenge my body or relax it or whatever my goal is for that day.
0: Yeah. Like there, there are other ways to not to like challenge your brain and get movement. in. like I was saying, like go to a dance class, go to a kickboxing class and like learn different punching combinations. Yeah. Like there are th- several different ways that you can accomplish getting a little bit more brain firing. Yeah. If that's what you're looking for, yeah. if like you feel like you need that, but you're right reading a book would also be great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, there's other crossword yeah. <laughs> good for the brain or a Sudoku puzzle. It doesn't have to be like, okay, so this punch, then this move, then this squat, then this weight, then it's like, geez,
0: it. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting. It's like way more exhausting than it should be. And just talking about it, I'm like, oh my God.
1: Well, honestly, you show up for your workout and you're frustrated because I would have to pause it write it down like okay then this and then I'd have to watch a demo and then I'd have to do this and then it's like oh can I just like seriously let's just like build muscle in a non-complicated way what's wrong with a
0: curl right exactly squat bench deadlift for life yeah,
1: <laughs> I know after I got my principal training cert I was like man those programs are just they're just gimmicky they buy it
0: yeah. So I'm curious as you got your personal training start, like what were some of the other things that you noticed that were just like super inconsistent, like, or not right. What were some of the workout things that you noticed that weren't right, that were kind of being like preached in these programs?
1: No, I, I actually, I, I found probably the biggest thing that I struggled with was not so much the workout as the nutrition programs. And I think that's where a lot, a lot of, well, I think that's pretty much where all the flap comes from each body is how it promotes these. It, it can promote disordered eating. Absolutely. Unless you have the awareness to go I'm well, too obsessive. It's it can really promote eating disorders and some of the things. And I was, I found when to be mindset launched, it was a bit of a breath of fresh air because it was less, exact and it was more intuitive I right. found that that was like okay that's kind of nice and it was actually a registered dietitian like I really respected that yeah but the whole container thing I found even as somebody who I had a strong foundation in nutrition because I've always been in, interested in it mm-hmm. um and I always kind of understood it I found even for me, I was like, whoa, like this is really hard to plan around as a mom with three kids and I'm the only vegetarian in my house. It was complicated. It became to the point where just meal planning, I was like, okay, I need like hours to just like figure it out at the beginning of the week. Like that's just,
0: who wants to do that? Can we just cook the burgers please? <laughs> and I'll right. have a salad. Right. And it gets so, um, it turns into like you either have to make it really, really complicated or you have to eat the same thing over yeah. and over that and time. over again.
1: Yep. Portion fixed chili. And then I'll make it with beyond ground because we can all eat that. Oh. Or Shakeology yeah. for lunch because I can get my veggies and get everything in there and then measure it out. I'm like, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I remember like when she like does those videos where she talks about how she made portion fix and she talks about how uh like the salad can cont- like you know you go to a pizza place and you get a salad and it's in that big container and it's like really like it could really easily be multiple servings of salad sure but also like are you really shaming people for eating salads?
1: yeah I know and also limiting the number of gl- green containers you get I mean if you have a little bit of a background in nutrition, you know, you can eat as many damn green vegetables as you want and it's actually good for you. Right. So when I followed Portion Fix, I had the like little know it knowledge in my brain where I would go, no, no, Michelle, don't measure your veggies. Like, come on, just have more spinach, have more this, have more this. I never worried about it. But yeah. if people don't know that, they take her stuff as gospel and follow it.
0: Right. And then just like, okay, so like I'm not eating a Rob carrot by itself like I need to dip it in something and so like then you're like okay well like it gets to this point where you're just like demonizing everything because then you can only have so much of a of a dip with it because and it's like okay but if I am able to have more of this dip I can have more of these vegetables and I think I should have more of these vegetables over stressing about how much dip I'm using like I mean like maybe maybe not eating an entire container of dip to your face. Like maybe, I don't know. Like if that's your journey for you, then I'm certainly not trying to shame you, but like, yeah, it, you should be able to eat as many carrots as you want. And if you need to put dip on your carrots to eat them, then do it. You're eating not eating. Yeah,
1: And, well, and you're going to be full and satisfied when you have that anyhow.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Right. So I, I actually have found the less I forbid things. And this is getting into intuitive eating. The less I forbid things, the less I actually crave them.
0: Yeah. And like, it's so hard because we live in a society that like demonizes so much food outside oh. of Beachbody. So you get into Beach Body and you think you're doing this good thing because it's not on the surface. If you don't look into the plan as much as we know about it, like on the surface, it's like, okay, so I'm just going to like you know, this is just how I'm going to like measure things without having to like be meticulous, like you feel like you're not being meticulous about it. But then once you look at the plan, and it starts categorizing foods, God, that's really dangerous. Like, it's okay to eat a potato.
1: I know. Well, and also, how do you deal with a dinner invite? Like you're going to somebody's house and they're making mashed potatoes and you're like, well, geez, I don't know how many teaspoons are in that because did you add butter and it's it gets excessive. Like how do I go and enjoy a dinner at somebody's house because they choose to make, I don't know, chicken and meat and, and like um, corn and potatoes that are like all your yellow portions so you're stressed about well I should save everything up throughout the day because I'm gonna go out for this dinner and it's it's not you can't live life like that like how do you go out for dinner like not I'm sorry but pizza doesn't really work with portion fix I'm having four pieces thanks
0: (laughs) yeah I remember when I was doing that I was scared of eating peas
1: Oh, because they're a yellow, because peas are a yellow. And it's like, no, peas are a a veggie, but because they have so many carbs, they're a yellow. You can tell I knew this stuff really well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, most vegetables are carbs. Like, that, like, like, it's just, you know, and it's so interesting that we demonize carbs, but then uh, praise vegetables, but they are, they are carbs.
1: (laughs) I know. And then, and then, and then Beachbody was also very anti like the ketogenic diet, right? But it's like, Well, if you're following to be mindset, you get a carb at breakfast and a little bit of carb at lunch and then none for the rest of the day. Basically it isn't keto because the, the veggies have carbs, but it's like, it's low carb. Yeah. And I was starving when I followed that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I lift weight. Give me some like potatoes and bread. I'm hungry.
0: Yeah, yeah, you need to eat, like, especially if you're working out that much. You need to eat. It's just,
1: yeah, and you know, I don't even think it's like, I'm just like, ah, oh, it's normal movement. I'm just so
0: used to it. But I'm like, yeah, I want to eat food. I don't want to like think about it. I just want to eat. I'm hungry. Let's eat. Exactly, exactly. All right. I feel like we've bounced all over the place. So, is. um, is there any more to your story that you want to chat about?
1: there is so much I could say in all honesty. I mean, it's still such a journey every day. Um, let it go. And I think that, you know, I'm just, I'm so grateful for the anti MLM community in all honesty, because I feel like I have a true community. Whereas in you know, MLMs, you're sold this idea of a sisterhood and girlfriends. And I have to be honest, I didn't experience that much cattiness in my beach body experience. I'm a super rare because my offline is a really nice person and her team as a result were really nice people because you kind of attract who you are. Right. And yes. she is a genuine person. And so what's really sad is that people are sold this idea that they're going to get this sisterhood, this community and all of this stuff with MLM, but it's, it's really not. You're only part of the sisterhood when you're performing, then you get a more elite sisterhood, And when you're purchasing, right, it's, it's what sisterhood requires you to have business performance and purchase stuff in order to be part of it. And what sisterhood you join, does it benefit the other members of the sisterhood by you joining? And so, you know, what really hit home for me mm-hmm. when it, Um, so I'm in I was I was I should say I'm not in I'm everything's gone like I'm not in any of it anymore is in the group that I was in my so she would be like my great grandma coach that was my upline and then her upline and then her one above that right so it's it's kind of like I would I would kind of refer to it like my great grandma coach right so um, we all kind of joined into her team page because it was like my upline team page was kind of falling flat and I kind of went I'm not running any more team calls I'm done with this yeah um I just just can't volunteer anymore like this um and what really got me is <clears throat> the posts that would come up every week after a payday so Body's payday is on Thursdays and the, the longer you had been a coach the more you would get these team cycles so you know, it's based on volume of your team below you. And I've Body's comp plan complicated. Once I understood it, I was like, oh, I know how to maximize this. So she would post things every week about how many team cycles she would get. And then the couple people below her. And she would get, on average in a week, like 200 team cycles. And those are $18 each. Wow. We do the math. So if we do the math on that, even just the math in a year, Um, I think it had it over to $150,000 a year just by existing and having her, her coach account open. She wasn't even hitting success club anymore. This isn't my upline. This is like my great grandma coach. And I still don't think bad of her as an individual. I really don't, right? She worked hard in the beginning when it was easier to build. When people are like, ooh, what's this coaching thing, right? Now people are like, ugh, right? And so she would collect a couple grand a week From these team cycle bonuses by her massive downline doing all this work. Wow. And so I would sit there and I would see that and I would feel sick. I would look at that. (laughs) Sick isn't really a feeling. I'd feel like disgusted. I was disgusted with it. I was like, that's what's happening because you joined that many more years before me. And actuality, I work way friggin' harder than you. And I probably work way harder than you ever have. Just because of when the timing of when you joined, yeah, and it's sick that that happens. She doesn't, her, none of her numbers, she doesn't even sell anymore. It's all her downline doing the work, and that's how much money she earns. Just because she joined, you know, six, seven years before me, and they're all the same things as me, she has no other secret, yeah, earns that much money just because of timing. That's why I hate MLM one of the, yeah. reasons. one
0: of the yeah. reasons. Yeah. And especially for someone like you, who was so focused on serving your customers to have her just like, all right, I'm just going to sit back and collect a check. And there was
1: no team call, yeah. there was nothing. And when I asked her, let's recruit, let's do recruiting stuff. Cause I figured, okay, if I kind of get in her group and I connect with her a little more, I've got nothing against her. She, her response to me was, yeah, I totally. Do you have any recruiting tips? Like how what are you doing? And I'm thinking, what? You're doing this many years ago and you can't tell me how you built a team? No, you can't because you did everything I'm doing now, but it was easier when it was new because there was the novelty of Beachbody.
0: Right, exactly. And because it wasn't already in every other person's house. Yeah.
1: Like I can imagine, and I feel the same way about my upline and her upline. Her timing was it was just when it launched in canada so everybody was joining everybody was joining it was like well duh. yeah absolutely absolutely you get them to join? and then if they eventually quit you inherit all their customers and get all the money
0: yeah um so i think that wow my adhd is really showing in this podcast um, and um <laughs> So I think that when we were talking about your mental health, I'm really circling back when we were talking about your mental health stuff. um, Did you talk about like what happened, like where you noticed like your mental health, like you talked about the good parts, but we didn't talk about the bad parts. That's what I was trying to say.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So let me tell you a story because talking about mental health in this podcast is a biggie. So When I really noticed it starting to affect my mental health, it probably affected it long before that, but I was so deep into the call and didn't believe Beachbody could be the problem, I wasn't able to recognize that maybe it was Beachbody that was affecting my mental health, but it was last summer, a year before I quit, and I had a really deep feeling inside of me that something was wrong but I could never pinpoint what it was. And so what I was doing, and again, I couldn't pinpoint what it was until six months before I quit, is I I, I was trying to change external things, which is often what people do when they have an internal problem, right? When they said something is off on the inside, they try to change external things, right? You know, know, being a therapist, you understand that. You understand if somebody's depressed or anxious, anxiety, people try to change external things a lot, a lot. I've really noticed that as a common thing, like they'll buy things in order to calm that internal unsettled feeling, or they'll, you know, make new friends or try new business ventures or do all these things, right? And especially if you're in a manic state, even with bipolar or something, right? Is you're doing these things or make, making risks, right? And so what I noticed last summer when I started to feel off, I couldn't recognize that it was deep body and being in an MLM that was the problem. And so I felt deeply unhappy living where I lived. I felt deeply unhappy in my house, which is weird. I felt, I mean, even though I love my house, we moved since because we wanted to, because we have a nice new house now and we're happy here. Um, but it was a really different feeling about how we went about it. I wanted to leave town. I wanted to leave town because I was sick of seeing people. That I got involved with my MLM with. I was sick of running into people out in public that knew me that I didn't know them. I was sick of running into people at just a hockey game. I went to a local hockey game. Like, oh, you didn't accept me as a friend on Facebook. Why not? When I really had to say, because I don't want strangers in my life anymore. And I wanted to flee town because I thought that would be fix my problem. I thought that would fix the internal unsettled problem I had as I thought a physical move to another town would fix it. Wow. So I didn't see that. And so I would say to anybody who is stuck in MLM, if you're having feelings like that, sit and really look at what you're involved in. And if you're trying to drastically change things on the outside, and I know people will. Leave a marriage, so like jobs, quit their job, they do other things like that. Is it can really you really gotta look and go? Is it the MLM that I'm involved with is causing this problem? As somebody who can I consider myself highly introspective and aware of my feelings and expressive, and I journal and I read and I think and I listen to podcasts and I try to solve when something's off. I try to get to the root of it. It took me six months to figure it out. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was a heavy moment for me, a heavy few months when I knew something was off and I was so down. And I went to visit my sister who at the time lived across the country. And I remember saying to her, I just want to get the heck out of my hometown. I just want to move. I don't want to be there anymore. And really what it was is I wanted to get the heck out of my MLM. So I didn't feel so disgusting all the time where I am.
0: Yeah. Damn. That is deep.
1: Because being in an MLM, this was a big moment for me. I don't know if it was your podcast, or Roberta's, where somebody said, and I was like, oh my God, they said, being in an MLM changes the way you relate to people. I think it was Roberta's podcast. And I was like, it does change the way you relate to people because you are thinking the whole time, could you be a good rep? Yep. Could you be a good customer? I need your contact info so I can add you to my friends list. So I can message you and say hi, so you can see how awesome I am by all the stuff I post and want to join me because you'll get the feeling of FOMO. You need to follow what you're thinking. You go into conversations with people with an agenda. It changes the way you talk to people. You can't have a conversation that is genuine and authentic, which is the thing I pride myself on and I didn't realize I was so inauthentic. Because I wanted something from that person. That's disgusting to me. The whole tone of my voice changed when
0: I talked about this, didn't it? Thank you so much for talking about this.
1: You're welcome. It's big. That was a biggie. Thank you for asking that question because that really brought up that thing for me. It changed the way I interacted with people. It changes the fundamental way you interact with people human
0: it really you does as
1: a prospect as a customer your conversation with them is you're not really present because you're wondering if they should join your mlm
0: exactly Instead
1: yeah human you're friggin human
0: exactly and it, it's it's so toxic it really is and then when you make a really good connection with someone and you're like oh my gosh they would be so perfect but in reality they would just be a, your perfect friend and then you end up potentially ruining that friendship because you try to recruit them. And then if they don't want to, you're like, eh, well, you don't support me. So mm. bye.
1: <laughs> you know, I never actually invited my older friends to join me. I never did. Cause oh, I was like, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't. And so that should have been a sign right there. Yeah. I, I always knew I would never ask my close friends, my sister joined and that was fine because it was just like, ah, let do these workouts. She lost over a hundred pounds and it was awesome. I was proud of her and I'm still proud of her. And so, you know, I don't, I don't feel weird about that. My mom tried portion fix and it worked for her for a while. So I didn't feel bad about that either. And anytime they're going, they just use my stuff anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite things to ask ex-BeachBody people is what their honest opinions on Shakeology were.
1: I bought it for six years and I drank it every day. I spent $20,000 on products in my time in Beak Body. Oh, the look on your face. I wish people could see it. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. And my husband drank it every day. That's why that cost was so high. We drank Shakeology, Recover, Energize, Hydrate, Seasonal Shakeology. We had Beak Bars. I did the three-day refreshing name and I did all of it. I bought Bevy, everything. 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 So oh, my honest opinion on Shakeology, yeah, I like it. I like the taste of it. I like what it is, but I'm gonna, there's a caveat to this. Um, I like it. I think it's good. I think it does good things. I think it's vitamins in a glass. I had my um, OBGYN look at it when I was pregnant with my third and I was like, is this safe? Can I have this? He has a thick, my dear, this is just vitamins. He said, like, okay, so I'm safe. He's like, oh yeah, this is great okay, cool. I'll keep drinking it. Um, we rarely got sick in six years. We, because we were, we were consuming something that was so vitamin rich, right. And it has like 300% of your RDA of, I'm not going to pump up psychology, but I'm going to give a caveat in a sec. 300% of your RDA of vitamin C, it has lots of iron, it has B vitamins, like, and we talk, we, we would drink it and it was a convenient one-handed meal. So I loved that. However, they have an exact counterpart called Vega All-in-One, and it is the exact same thing.
0: Really? Yep.
1: So that is what we consume, and it is less than half the price. So, yeah. So did I like Shakeology? Yes. Do I believe it's a good product? Yes. I like the taste of it. I consumed it daily. I ain't paying MLM prices anymore, though. So I drink Vega all-in-one and I did my friggin' research and I looked at every single nutrition thing, like every single vitamin. I found a really good website that compared them and gave every single profile and everything on it. So the only difference between Vega, and when I say Vega, I mean the Vega all-in-one It's more expensive. It's the Shakeology replacement, not Vega plus greens, not just Vega sports, Vega all-in-one. <clears throat> is the only difference is you're writing this down, aren't you? the only difference is the superfoods are just regular like plants they're not like from I don't know wherever the heck they get their superfoods all over the globe um so that's the only difference is that it's like real
0: vegetables like spinach and broccoli and all of that stuff it's just delicious delicious love it wow that's awesome you're actually the first person I think on this podcast to tell me that they actually like (laughs) shakeology
1: I did you know I'm also vegetarian and I'm like I eat mostly vegan. I don't even eat a ton of dairy or anything, so I'm not picky in terms of things that taste earthy and naturally. I'm like, oh, that's good. I eat all that stuff. Like, uh, I'm kind of more used to like earthy. processed stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to shame anybody for not liking Shakeology. That's cool. Don't like Shakeology. Yeah. I don't care if you do. I just, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like really picky when it comes to like natural foods. I'm like, it, I'm like, oh, it, it's natural. It's good
0: no that makes sense because there is definitely like an earthy taste to it
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: i think that some people just can't handle that i can't handle it that's for sure
1: (laughs) yeah i know a lot of people were like oh this is gross i'm like i like it i like the like i'd actually make mine into um like a spoonable almost like a dairy queen blizzard and i'd eat it with a spoon Mm. so part of it is like i think i really crafted how to blend it up yeah But don't go thinking I liked every flavor because I didn't, I only drank the vegan ones because I don't, the dairy doesn't work for me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But I have to say the difference I have really noticed of having Vega is it digests way better. I noticed Shakeology is hard on your stomach. Like it, it makes you gassy and bloated and sorry of TMI, but I know a lot of people experience that. So I had to start taking digestive enzymes when I took it. Yeah. So, yeah, I know a lot of people have that experience that it makes yeah. them feel bloated and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Whereas Vega um, is just like, you just take it and you're good. You feel so good when you take it. Uh,
0: all right, are you ready for my final question? Give it, bring it. <laughs> what is your anti mlmy
1: Oh my God. Because... 99% of people fail because it's true. I recruited a lot of people. I recruited a lot of coaches. MLM eventually completely saturates and the people at the top make money. If they stick with it and do the things to grow and then people who join late in the game lose money. It is a losing game. It's the same as gambling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pointless to join an MLM. I did it and I busted my butt for six years and I left and I saw it and I saw it happen. And I was part of it. I will never, ever join another MLM.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with us and for sharing all of your story. And uh, I know, like I said, I think we went all over the place in this episode, but I, I really just appreciate you making time for me and um asking to come on the podcast um I do want to you to share uh where people can find you again
1: I hope people find me I've been having some really great conversations and um I'm very non-judgmental and if you're in an MLM and you just want to chat human to human I will not shame you Um, And I also am not a mean girl. I don't make fun of people and I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm completely parodying my own content. So there's a lot of humor and a lot of humility and compassion Yeah. Um, and hilarity. Like I can't help it. I'm actually naturally quite a hilarious, goofy person. So um, uh, on Instagram, um, I have no agenda there. I'm just there, like just hi. I'm just there. There's no like anything but me. Um, So it's therapy underscore after underscore MLM.
0: I love it so much. And uh, you've just been really, I, it's really interesting because you are so fresh out too, that Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to kind of watch you process. That's what I've noticed as your posts have been going up is just like, I'm watching you like deconstruct what you are doing. And it's, you know for me now that I've kind of done a lot of that it's like really like cool to watch you do it and be like wow good job and I think that other people that are in the process of getting out it's going to be really helpful for them too to just see you being like okay this is and like holding yourself accountable is such a cool thing and honestly it's so healing it's scary it's so scary but it's so cool
1: I'm not even scared I've had a few people say that to me aren't you scared I'm like no because that I was brainwashed I thought that was right why would I be what I'm not ashamed yeah that was that was my story at the time like I'm on the other side and it's helpful the number of people that have reached out to me honestly I've had tears in my eyes sometimes I'm like I can't believe sharing this has this much impact And I have six years of content that pops up in my Facebook memory. (laughs) I get to pick and choose every day when something comes up. What will I put out for today?
0: (laughs) I know. Oh, yeah. The Facebook memories. I uh, wrote an MLM parody song and I need to, I need to share that with everyone because, oh my gosh, the cringe but <laughs> in unit.
1: you have to tag me in it because I, I love stuff like that I I love it I love I've been making some funny reels and making fun of myself and <laughs>
0: uh, I like so it came up in my memories a few days ago uh not a few days ago a few weeks ago and it was um when I was kind of working on my mental health and stuff and I was like I don't know if I should share this right now <laughs> this is probably not the time but I need to go back and share it because I feel like I'm ready to, I just need to make time to make it happen. <laughs> but um, you share
1: it with me when you do. Thank you for following me. I love that you. do, And I love that you read it because I know how hard it is to pick what you're going to follow. Yeah. And it's hard to pick and, and be careful who you follow. Cause it's like, Oh, you get inundated with content.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, um, my, so people that follow me on Instagram, I, uh, I'll follow just about everyone back um unless it's like somebody like that's just like just some sort of bot like sales yeah. account I don't I don't follow those back if I catch them but sometimes I automatically just follow people um but yeah I want to be accessible like the point of my Instagram is for me to be accessible to people so um Instagram is definitely the best way to get a hold of me. Um, I know I have a couple of people that are probably listening that have sent me emails and I see them. I know that they're there, but emails <laughs> are a doom thing for me. Uh, so I will get to them. They're on my list. <laughs> they're on my to-do list. It's just very hard for me to read emails and then I'll like open them and then I'll mark them as unread and then I'll open them and then I'll mark them as unread. Uh, I
1: remember first messaging you. You're like, okay, so I'm not going to respond message again. So it prompts me to like get back to you later. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I put everyone that wants to be like on Instagram, when you're a creator account, you can um, have multiple inboxes. Oh, so, this is new to me.
1: I'm new to Instagram.
0: Yeah. So when you're a creator account, so what I do is I have like my regular inbox that like, is just like people talking to me regularly. And then once somebody says, like, hey, like, I want to be on the podcast, I move you over to the other inbox. That way, oh. uh, even when I am, like, because I'll start these conversations, and I'm like, yeah, you should be on the podcast. And then they get lost in my inbox, and I forget who it was. I forgot to write it down. We didn't schedule a yeah. day. And then I'm just like, oh, hopefully they message me again, because the thing is, like, I I just can't remember everyone that talks to me. It's just I know, so and I'm so grateful that
1: you made time for me um I kind of figured it wouldn't be super hard to be honest to get on a podcast being that I was so deep and like I you know had made what what, what Body would call a success I was like well people want to talk to people like that because we got dirt
0: yeah yeah but there are a lot of people that have dirt so <laughs> oh yeah
1: there are, and actually I've, I found it very interesting to listen to people that were in for only a couple months.
0: Yeah. What
1: their experience was, so I'm like, dang hey girl, you smart, you got a fast.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, so anyways, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Michelle, for your time and for sharing your story. Um, if you're not following already, if you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening. And also if you have the option to rate it with five stars, it really helps to boost the podcast so that other people can find it when they're searching for, Uh, podcast to listen to and we love that here Um, also you can take a screenshot share it on social media tag me in it Um, and if you're looking to be on the podcast uh, feel free to slide into my dms and I promise I will answer eventually
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you Danielle all
0: right everyone have a fantastic weekend bye